We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. Chapter 17, we're going to start in verse 11. I'm going to jump right into the word of the Lord, if that's okay. Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11, it said, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a certain village, and there met him ten men that were leopards, which stood afar off. And I want you to notice what they did here. They lifted up their voice and they said, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, many of you may, may understand this, but I just want to make sure everybody fully understands. Leprosy was a skin disease. And when you had leprosy uh, and you were declared unclean, the law prohibited anyone with such a disease from associating with the general community. They had to isolate themselves. They lived as outcasts. They lost their rights. There was no cure for this disease. And for many of them to be labeled with this disease was a death sentence. Their only recourse in Luke was to send a plead to God to be merciful. Luke chapter 18, we're going to go to the next. Luke chapter 18, I'm going to read just a couple scriptures and you can be seated. Luke chapter 18 and starting in verse 11, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and all that this guy just sounds like he's got it all together, don't he? I thank God I'm not one of them. I fast twice in the week. The Lord bless him. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, he stood afar off. Would not lift up so much his eyes unto heaven, but smote unto the breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Be merciful to me, a sinner. Today I want to preach to you a message that I've titled, God's Designed Loophole. God's Designed Loophole. And I pray that God would speak to us and challenge and that everybody in this room, God could speak to you. And before you leave this place, you could say that God spoke to you. Would you just lift up your hands right now and pray that God would speak to you individually. Lord, I pray, God, that you would sweep into this house once again, God. And I pray that from the front to the back to each side of this room, that your spirit would flow. And I pray, God, that you would speak to us. God, meet us at our need where we are right now. God, we'll be careful to give you the praise and to give you the glory and to give you the honor, God. 
I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Use me this day, I pray in Jesus' name. Someone say in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. God's designed loophole. Today might be a little different of a message, but the older I get, Brother Downs, I realize that my job is to minister to the people. And when I was a young young preacher in Bible school, I, I took preaching, Brother Yusuf, as I had to be the guy to get up and just, rah! and if I didn't do that, I didn't feel like I was preaching. And the older I got, the more I realized that God has called me to minister. And so today, I hope I can do that to you and minister to you today. We love to preach in our movement, and even in this church, and I believe it's not a bad thing, but we love to talk about living right and standing righteous before God. Anybody hear that message? We teach on the power of faith in the power of believing uh, the word of God, the power of living a good, clean, moral life, that God's eye is on the righteous. How many believe that? Have you heard? His goodness will follow you. His grace will follow you. And there's so much scripture to back that up. The Lord, the Lord's ear opens to the righteous. His eye is open to his children. He will come to the rescue of the righteous. He will fight for them. David said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Someone say amen. In other words, God's got a insurance policy for the righteous, for his people, that he will always be there for me. And can anybody in this room just wave at me and testify that God's been there for you? That he's been a good God. That he's been a way maker in my life. Amen? And so David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. At the beginning chapters of Job, we see that the devil, the devil come to God and said, listen, I... There's some things I can't do to Job. You know why? He said, because there is a hedge of protection around him. In other words, Job was an upright man. Job was doing everything God wanted him to do. And with that, God put a hedge of protection around him. And I believe God will do that. I, I believe God will protect his people. I believe God, I believe there are benefits in serving God. Someone say amen. There are benefits in serving God. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but I still believe that God will stand up for his people. And when David was there, we understand when David was about to fight the giant, David was there and he said, I, I, I don't come to you in a sword and a spear because some battles can't be won with a sword and a spear. But he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, you know, when I'm right with God and I'm living right, God's going to fight on my behalf. I don't always got to pull out a sword, but sometimes I just got to let God fight the battle. Amen. Psalms 34, 19 says the righteous person may have afflictions or troubles. I'm not saying everything's going to be perfect if you're living right. But it says, but the Lord delivers them out of it all. There's the promise. I'm not saying everything in your life is going to be perfect, but God will be there for you. You just got to live right, do right. Amen? Does anybody in the house still believe God stands up for the righteous? 
Amen. I believe God does. I believe God will surround you. I believe God will fight for you. And the Bible backs that up. But that's not my message today. The Bible has plenty of scriptures talking about that. I believe God's eye is on the righteous. But I want to know about those that don't deserve it. Yeah, I I, want to know about those that currently in this room, you walked into this room and you're struggling. You see, I hear about God. I'm I'm about to minister to somebody. I don't know where you're at, but I'm going to minister to you. I hear all about God protecting the righteous, and I believe it. But I want to know about someone that doesn't really feel righteous today. Because there are sometimes, can I be transparent? There are sometimes in my life that I'm so filled with guilt, personal shame, that I can't even hold my face to God and quote a promised scripture because I don't deserve it. See, I preached a message a while back, a long time ago. It was, the righteous shall live. And I believe all that, that God will fight for the righteous. But my question is, what about the unworthy? Those that don't deserve it. Those that maybe have missed the mark. What about the leopards that have been outcasted? Those that have been can't necessarily place themselves in the righteous category. Does anybody that is guilty even have a chance? Am I speaking to somebody? You see, there are those in this room that have failed miserably. And you've been written off by a lot of people. But my question is, have you been written off by God? Because you didn't come into this house with your head raised up high and saying, oh man, I I can quote every promised scripture in the Bible. God's been good to me and I've been living right this week. But you know you haven't been living right this week. You know you haven't been talking to him this week. You know you've allowed a lot of things to come in between you and God. And so you come into this house and you cannot put yourself in the righteous category. My question is, what is your recourse? What? What do you do? The leopards were outcasted. In Genesis, the Bible says that righteousness was credited unto Abraham. Now, that's awesome. I read that. I'm like, God just, it was just accredited to him, Brother Charlie. Well, I want to be quite transparent with you today. There are times in my life that I am not, I'm not worthy enough for God to credit righteous unto me. Is there anybody in the house? You see, there's times in my life that I felt like I was on a mountaintop. And I, I, feel like, I felt like I obeyed God's word, I mean, just word for word. And I felt like I could go to hell with a squirt gun. And the devil ain't going to do nothing to me because I'm living right. And God's got my back. And I got a hedge of protection around me. But there are other days. Can I be transparent? That I just can't quite fit into that category there are moments that I can quote every scripture that David said for I've never seen the righteous forsaken and I'm like yes and there's other days I hear that scripture and I have to put my head down saying God are you about to forsake me because I'm I messed up God all things work together for the good to those that love God but God can I put myself into that scripture today For God hath 
given to men that is good in his sight, wisdom, knowledge, and joy. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into and are safe. But am I safe right now? I hope I'm ministering to somebody. You see, I'm not always on the mountaintop. In fact, I'll have to be honest with you today. There are some days in my life that I have failed God. And I can't put myself in the category that says uh, the name of the Lord is a strong. And I feel safe because I haven't really been living right. Or maybe I, I haven't really thought right that day. Is anybody else in the house that can stand and say, I've been there before? Pastor always says, if you're perfect, can you please leave? Because you're making the rest of us feel uncomfortable. Yeah. See, what do I do when I don't fall under the righteous category? What do I do when I can't wave the promised scriptures and say, God, you promised. Because I didn't hold up the end, my end of the deal. Anybody here? Yeah. What do I do when I'm not worthy to be credited righteousness? What do I do when I'm not on the mountaintop of righteousness? I'll tell you what you do. It's simply in the Bible. Those leopards, they didn't have any rights. Uh, They were an outcast, but the Bible says they came up and said, God, would you have mercy on me? What do you do uh, when you haven't really been living right? Uh, You come to an altar. uh, You crawl. You do whatever you got to do. And you say, God, uh, you make a plea. And you say, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me because I want to tell somebody here today that you may not put yourself in the righteous category and you may feel like you ain't always been living right, but you serve a God that will listen to a plead. Will you have mercy on me? You see, there's no promises in the Bible to heal leopards. They can't quote 10 scriptures of promise. They they were up the creek without a paddle. And here are these leopards. They're walking down the streets, and they are in a real dilemma. They have body parts falling off. Uh, They have no help. And the Bible says that when they saw Jesus, they did not fake it until they made it. I need somebody to hear me. We like to preach, hey, just fake it till you, no, no, no. They didn't fake it till they made it because they could not. They didn't fit into any category that would have put them to fake it till they, it was all over them. And the Bible says that they could not quote a thousand scriptures about how they believed in God. All they could do, it was yell out and say, Jesus, would you have mercy on me? I'm not worthy. I'm undone. I've messed up. But would you have mercy on me? See, there was no promise for them. But all they could do was send a plea to God. All they could do was send a plea saying, God, would you have mercy on me? They realized uh, that the only thing that they could do was plead to Jesus. Uh, And Jesus, uh, they just said, would you please have mercy on me? I'm here to tell you today that when you're in a position that you don't feel like you deserve God's grace and you don't feel like you deserve God's promise, uh, God has built into his redemption plan uh, a way for you uh, that when you don't feel good enough, uh, you can come to him boldly uh, and say, 
say, God, would you have mercy on me? Have mercy on me. They didn't have scriptures they could quote, promises they could stand on. All they could do was plead to Jesus. And when they sent that plea, the Bible says Jesus turned to them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. I didn't say he judged them. I didn't say he had a paddle out and started to beat them. How dare you do that? No, no, no. You serve a merciful God. You serve a graceful God. And the Bible says that God said, show yourselves to the priest. And when they did that, they were healed. They were healed simply by making a plead. God, will you have mercy there is not one promise in the Bible for leopards to be healed. There is not one scripture that they could go to and say, God, here it is. You need to heal us. No, their only recourse was to cry out. The only thing they could, is anybody in the house that felt like you're not good enough and you don't know what to do? I'm here to tell you the only thing you can do is climb to an altar and say, God, have mercy on me. God, I'm not worthy. God, I'm undone. God, even, what did Paul say? Even when I try to do good, evil is still present. I don't know what to do and evil's around me. But one thing I can do is I can get on my knees and I can crawl to a God and say, God. Would you have mercy on me? Have mercy on me. These leopards got healed over a plead. Not a promise. Did you get that? They got healed over a plead to God, not a promise. When you don't have a promise to stand on, you still have a plead. When you don't have a promised scripture to say, you serve a God that built into his redemption plan a loophole for you that says, when I'm unworthy, I still can talk to you. When I'm undone, I still can plead. When I don't feel like you're listening, you're listening. God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. You see, what is a plead? What is a plead? A plead is a request made in an urgent and emotional manner. A plead can be used if you're guilty or not guilty. A plead can be a source used to help you receive something that, you ready for this? You may not deserve. Yeah. You see, I come before you today, not perfect in the large spectrum of ways. There have been many times in my life that I could not go to God and wave the promised scriptures because John the flesh maybe took over. John got an attitude or John said something he shouldn't have said. And I couldn't come to God. I couldn't even show my face. But one thing I could do and one thing I was taught by my parents and one thing I was taught by my pastor is I could always climb to an altar. I could always find myself in an altar and say, God. God, I'm unworthy, but will you have mercy on me? Have mercy on me. You see, I believe some of you have been there before. I believe everybody in this room can testify and say, yeah, I've been there before when I didn't feel right. I, I, I didn't feel like I, I was worthy enough, but I did have a God that would listen to a plead. I did have a God that would say, I, I will have mercy on you. Yeah. Will you have mercy on me? on 
me, you see, we disqualify ourselves in so many ways. If there's anybody in this room that can stand up to the word of God, word for word, and say, you've been perfect the whole time. I commend you for that. But for the rest of us, I'm preaching to you today. For the rest of us, God gave you a way out. I said, for the rest of us. See, I've heard the preaching say, if you're in sin, God ain't listening to you. You need to be live right if you want God to answer your prayer. You need to live right if you I, I hear what you're saying, but God built a loophole there for the ones that are not worthy enough. There's a little loophole building for the ones that say, I'm a little undone and I've messed up. And I can come to God boldly and say, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Listen, when you plead to God, you're admitting that there is something wrong you can't fix. And you're asking for help of, to someone who can fix it. God, have mercy. Am I okay? I know this is different. God, have mercy on me. There were times in my life that all I had was a plead. I'm standing here today only because of a plead. I would beg to say, you're only sitting here today because of a plead. But the truth is, there are some people in this room that you feel like, you know what, I'm done. Somebody walked into this room and said, you know what, I'm done. I've messed up. I've gone too far. And I'm here to tell you, this preacher, God wants you to know that you can still send a plead. You can still say, you are never out when God is there. You can still send a plead and say, God, I'm unworthy, but will you have mercy? Mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Come on, would someone just raise their hand in this room? Would someone just begin to talk to God? God, would you have mercy? See, the devil wants you to stop. The devil wants you to give up. The devil wants you to walk away. But God is a God that built into his redemption plan a way out for you. I'm speaking to somebody. I, I knew this wouldn't be a message that people would just be running to the altar. But if I could just get one or two people to realize that I can send a plea to God uh, when I feel out. Uh, if I can just get one or two people that say, you know what, God, uh, just have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Amen. You see, if you know me well, you'll know that I understand the full context and the description and, and I understand what a loophole is. <laughs> if you know John real well. In fact, my wife and I sometimes joke that if I wasn't saved, I would be, I'd be a pretty good criminal. Because <laughs> I wouldn't be caught either. I'm just, that's what I'm trying to say. I'd be, I'd be that guy. Because we'll be somewhere and I'll see it. I'll see it and i say, baby, you know we could do blah, 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 blah. And she's like, how does your mind even think about that? Dear Lord, have mercy on him. But I didn't. Maybe before I got saved, maybe, maybe a little bit. But, but sometimes I, I understand that line. I, I try to find that line of, you know, a loophole. Y'all act like everybody in this room understands a loophole if you've taken care of your taxes. Yeah, y'all... Everybody judging me. I like, I like opened up to y'all and I just saw like 400 people looking at me with judgment. 
And God just said, tell them last time they did their taxes, they used a loophole. Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, y'all know what a loophole is. A loophole can de be defined, though, when I was looking it up, as a escape route. You see, I'm not here today in this church because I've always been right. And I'm, I'm not here because I can quote every scripture. I, I'm not here because I have obeyed every scripture to the core my whole life. I'm only here because of a plead. I'm, I'm only here because God built into his plan a loophole that helps me out. That when I wasn't living right, God allowed me to come and get down on my face and say, God, would you have mercy on me? I'm just a sinner, but I need mercy on me mercy yeah first corinthians says this first corinthians 10 and 13 it says there hath no temptation taken you but such is common to men but god is faithful who will not suffer you to be attempted above what you're able but with that temptation will also make a way to escape in other words god built a loophole for you God's always given you a way, but sometimes the only way that I can escape, you ready for this, is to plead to God. Sometimes my only escape route is to say, God, I need some mercy right now. You see, when you go to court, and being a youth pastor, I have found myself in the court trying to stand up for some of our, at least the one that comes to mind, a young person that was attending our church at the time. And I had to go to the court and try to represent them for something they did before they got into church. And they got into the church and God filled them with the Holy Ghost. And God, we baptized them in Jesus' name. And, and they were doing great and everything was good. And then the baggage came. He said, uh, do you think, Pastor John, that you could come uh, represent, represent me? I'm like, yeah, well, uh, what's going on? And he began to tell me everything that went on before he got into the church. And there I was standing. Pastor Chavis was beside me. And we were standing. And I thought I was going to be, you know, not really seen because Pastor was there. And so anything that was asked, I kind of just pushed it off to him, you know. Until the judge just looks down straight and says, who are you? And I'm like, started shaking. <laughs> Have mercy on me, judge. <laughs> and I begin to say, I'm... I'm the youth pastor of this young man. What do you have to say? I said, well, he, he's, I, don't, I didn't know him before he came to the church, so please don't judge what I have to say, but I didn't know any of this stuff. But since he's been in church, he's been a good young man. And he said, sounds like jailhouse church to me. But see, there I was standing trying to represent. You know, when you go into a court and some of you are lawyers in in this room the lawyer presents all the evidence against the criminal and they have if they have solid evidence this is the man this is what he did we know what he did we found dna he is the criminal this is it the, and if you're a criminal on the stands there's no time for you in that moment to say well i didn't do that now i understand some tried to do that but but when all the evidence is really there sometimes they can't stand up there and say nope i, I didn't do that all they can do is put the
themselves on the court. All they can do is fall at the mercy of the court. They may be guilty and they may have done some things. And the young man standing beside me, he knew what he did. But all we could do that day, Brother George, was stand on the mercy of the court. I want to preach to someone today that you have done some things that you're not happy about. That you've been some places you wish you'd never gone. But you can stand on the mercy of God. You can find yourself at the altar and say, God, have mercy on me. And here's what's amazing. God built into his plan a way out, a loophole that someone say, if you ain't living right, you might as well not even really pray to ask God for anything because he ain't going to do nothing for you. But God built a loophole, Brother George, uh, and said, even when you're not living right, uh, show up to the house of God. Uh, Even when you feel like you're unworthy, uh, show up to the house of God. Uh, Even when you feel undone, uh, show up to the house of God and say, God, have mercy on me. You see, I wonder if someone would raise your hands in this house that you know God's had mercy on you. Come on, is there any testimonies in the house that said, I shouldn't be here today? Shouldn't be here today. But here's the thing, Hebrews 4 and 16. See, we we preach this scripture a lot, but I I want to bring it out in a little different way. Hebrews 4 and 16, if you could help me out and put it up. Hebrews 4 and 16. And it says this, let us therefore come boldly. Unto the throne of, uh, uh, boldly unto the throne of grace that you may attain. Yeah. Therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace. So you're telling me that even if I'm unworthy, I can still come boldly. Yeah. See, you've heard it preached that you can only come boldly if you're right with God. <laughs> Yeah, I know I've been told that too. You can only come boldly if everything's perfect in your life. And if it's not, you got to come with your head down. But my scripture says, let therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. There's sometimes you just got to come to church even when you don't feel like it and say, God, have mercy. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. The truth is, if you could fix it, you'd have already fixed it. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I, I said, God, if I could just minister to a couple. See, if you could fix your problems, you would have already fixed it. If you could fix everything in your life, you wouldn't need a Savior. And as long as you can try to fix things yourself, you would never go to a Savior. But I would say every one of us in this room realize we can't fix it ourselves. And so therefore, we've got to use a loophole that God put into his redemption plan that we can crawl up to this altar and say, God, have mercy on me. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. See, some of you in this room, you, you might be so perfect and you think you're saved because of your good works. That's not in the Bible. You ain't saved by your good works. Actually, you ain't done nothing to deserve to be saved. In fact, you had a God that died on the cross for your sins. And for you to come into the house and think you're worthy to be saved. 
that think you've actually, I'm living right, so I, I, I can walk boldly now because I got everything right. You're only here because the grace of the Lord. In fact, you should come to the altar every Sunday and say, God, have mercy on me. Because I don't add up to you dying on the cross for me. I'm not worthy, brother Fred. The stripes he took on the back. My God. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. In Matthew and Luke, the Bible talks about how Jesus was crucified. He had two thieves on each side, Brother Charlie. They were nailed on their cross. They were stuck and they couldn't go nowhere. Stuck beside Jesus. That don't sound like a bad thing. They were stuck there, but you know what else they were? Guilty. They were guilty. One of them realized their only way out of the problem. The other one didn't get it. But one of them realized that the only way out of their problem was to go through mercy. He said, Jesus, I ain't always lived right. I bet you couldn't tell being here beside you right now. but I ain't always lived right. In fact, I've messed up. But... When you go to your kingdom, will you remember me? See, the thief was guilty. The thief had no pastor to call. The only thing he could do was send a plead. The day the thief stole his way into heaven, he used a loophole that was designed for him. And some of you could say, I can't believe God would remember him. He didn't deserve it, but neither did you. Yeah, he was hanging on the cross and everybody could see what he did. But what about what you did that nobody saw? Yeah, but we become perfect Christians walking in with our heads up because we want everybody to believe that we're living it totally perfect. Everything is great. Yeah. But God is not wanting that. God doesn't need your perfect self to walk into this house. God's asking someone to come and say, will you have mercy on me? I'll remember that thief. Because he understood the fix to his problem was through mercy. And when you realize the fix to your problems is through mercy, you're going to get somewhere. But while you keep trying to fix it yourself, you're not going to be able to fix it. God, would you have mercy on me stand with me I got one more scripture the truth is it's easy to get up here and preach to truth chapel when you have an exciting message because y'all back us up and y'all will come down to this altar but it's messages like these that's harder to get people to come to the altar but yet everybody needs to be at the altar Today, I pray that when this altar call is called, I pray that somebody would step out. Not in shame, but every one of us deserve to be at this altar saying, God, have mercy on me. If you don't feel like you're the, you are the one that needs to say, all of us in this room, Luke chapter 18 and 9, I read a, a portion of it. But Jesus was speaking a parable. And the Bible says that 
he was talking about in verse 10 a Pharisee and a publican. And the publican stood up and he kind of had everything right. He's what we are all striving to be, right? God, I thank thee that I'm not like all of these heathens. Yeah, they all messed up and they all, not me. I'm glad I'm not like them. I'm not unjust. Those adulterers, all everything they've done. My. You know, God, I've been fasting twice a week. Yeah. I even give my tithes. But did you notice what got the attention of God? A publican stood afar off. <laughs> See, I get this guy. Maybe you relate with the other guy, but let, I'm going to relate with this guy, okay? He couldn't even lift his head to the heavens. But he said, God, I'm not worthy. Ah, there's some things that no one even knows about. There's some things, God, that I'm not happy about, but God... Would you have mercy on me? The Bible says, I tell you, this day went down to the house. This man justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased. But he that humbled himself shall be exalted. You want to be lifted up? It's going to come with you coming to an altar saying, God, I'm, I need mercy. God, one man prayed. You ready for this? One man prayed. The other man just said and pleaded. One man had it all right. The other one just said and pleaded. You see, I believe in prayer. I believe in living right. I believe we need to do all that. Don't take that this way that the preacher is saying you can do whatever you want. I'm not saying that. I, I'm, all I'm trying to say is when you do all that you know to do and you still mess up, you come into this house with your head down saying, I'm not worthy. God is saying, I built into my redemption plan a loophole for every one of you that you can crawl to this altar and say, God, have mercy on me. And so this is what I want in this house right now. I want every eyes closed. But I'm going to ask someone to come to this altar. I'm going to ask someone to walk up. And... We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.